Welcome to Content Folks, a content marketing podcast that will teach you absolutely nothing about content, but maybe a little something about the folks behind it. I'm your host, Fio, and here is today's guest. My name is Maria Delano. I am the founder of Colonna Marketing, and I am known mostly for my work as a marketing consultant. And I'm also known for my public presence, I would say. So LinkedIn posts, Mastodon posts, and my newsletter called Attention Deficit Marketing Disorder. What would eight-year-old Maria say about this career path? Is this what she thought you'd be doing as a grown-up? Yes and no, because eight-year-old Maria wanted to be a writer. I started writing when I was seven. We had a little class where we were supposed to write things in a notebook, and it was entirely to help us practice like our cursive. And one of the prompts was a short story. I was like, write a short story about the rain. And I got this idea to write a short story about a boy that becomes friends with the rain. And I ended up writing so much that I had to glue pages into that notebook. So I hand that into the teacher. The teacher is shocked because that's not what the assignment was intended to be. And then next week when we're in that writing class again, she starts reading it out loud to the class. She's like, this is the most incredible submission I've ever gotten. I had no idea a second grader could do this. So they called my parents in and they were like, your daughter has a talent. We've never seen anybody do anything like this. And everybody told me you're going to be a writer. So I always thought that I would be writing professionally in some capacity. I did think it would be novels. So I don't think I would have expected that I'd be writing marketing related things, but I did think I'd be writing for money. So in a way, doing exactly what I thought. So what happened? How did you then not write a novel, but ended up doing content marketing instead? I did write a novel. I wrote a book when I was 11, a fantasy novel uh, in Russian, and it was published in Ukraine, uh, where I'm from. It was a story about a Ukrainian girl that moves to the Philippines and discovers she has magic powers because I was moving to the Philippines and I was nervous about it. So I wrote the whole thing right before we moved. And then it ended up getting published. It was very much translated just for friends and family. We hired like a very cheap translator in Ukraine and I didn't have a middle name and I felt bad about it because I thought fancy authors should have a middle name. So I made up a middle name for myself. So this is my little secret <laughs> that I guess we're now sharing. Why then not stay as a novelist as opposed to you know becoming a content marketer? It is connected because basically I published this and everybody was like, oh my God, an 11 year old wrote a book. I was 12 by the time it was published. So she's 12 and she wrote a book. They started putting me on TV. I was being made to do book signings. I was being made to do library meetups and I was getting tons of messages from people. And I was 12 years old. I had braces at that point. I was bullied by everybody and being paraded around as a child genius didn't exactly help me get more popular, which meant I got bullied worse which meant I decided I'm not writing another book. And I came to marketing because I had just been about to graduate from college and I desperately needed a job and I was at a job fair and I had a literature degree after having switched away from doing physics for two years. So that was a whole other phase. I heard that there was a startup at that job fair that they raised a lot of capital and they were kind of just hiring everybody. So I walked up to them and I was like, hi, I want a job. And they're like, okay, what can you do? It's like, I can write. Are you scared of code? No. And the job they gave me was initially an internship to write their developer API documentation. They offered me a full-time position. They didn't have anybody doing marketing. So they were like, you can write. You did marketing adjacent stuff for us just now. Do you want to be our first marketing person? They told me, it's okay, you'll learn. We'll give you a learning budget. Go learn marketing and apply it for us. Let's talk about everyday life outside of work. What household chore or DIY activity do you really enjoy? 
In terms of DIY, I'm actually pretty terrible with most of that stuff. I am so awful with my hands, like this is a known thing. So I'm not very hands-on with a lot of things, but I do enjoy household chores. Lately, I've been really into washing the dishes, which is very boring, but I found it relaxing. I'm the official dishwasher in my family as well. So it can be so relaxing. You don't have to think that much. It's hard to fail at it. You just scrub, just make the same motions and things go away and they look cleaner and you feel still satisfied at the end. Speaking of washing, do you have one item of clothing you'd be very sad to shrink in the wash? There's a dress I have that is 10 years old. Actually, it might be 12 years old at this point. So it was originally my mother's. And then I borrowed it once because me and a friend were doing a sleepover. And uh, we wanted to do a photo shoot, as people do on sleepovers. At least I did constantly. So, you know, we put makeup on. We were looking for, for things in the closet. And I put on that dress. And I ended up taking a bunch of pictures with it. And I showed my mom later. And she's like, oh, that looks good on you. You know, you should take it. And it's like the one piece of clothing that I've kept that long. I still had a lot of my old clothes when I was moving to the US two years ago, but this was, I think, the only thing I kept that's that old. I wear it. I've like done videos with it. I've done photos with it, posted publicly. It's one of my favorite dresses. Speaking of other things you love, what's one dish you love that you can make without looking at the recipe? I am Ukrainian, which means I take national pride in being able to cook borscht. It's that red beetroot-based soup, so the base is beetroot and tomato. The reason I'm so proud of it is, even though my family, like almost any Ukrainian family, has its own recipe that has been passed down for generations, I changed my entire family's recipe. So I was just staring at my spice cabinet, and I was like, ooh, cloves, that sounds fun, let me just throw that in. And turns out that is the superior way to cook borscht, and we don't cook it any other way, I don't like it any other way anymore. And everyone in my family that has ever tried to change their recipe. I'm very curious, slightly scared about the idea of clove in borscht, but I trust you. It works. You just, you just have to, it has to be like one or two flowers at most. If you add too many, then it's weird. If you were invited onto a non-marketing podcast as a subject matter expert, what would your go-to topic be? So there's two that I can think of. One would be writing, just creative writing. I could talk about fantasy novels all day. I used to have a book talk account, the book side of TikTok. So I can go on about that forever. And the other topic could be just visual art and animation potentially, because I've been drawing since I was in seventh grade. And I actually really wanted to be an artist and I wanted to be an animator and I wanted to work at Pixar. And then I was informed that that would be a very difficult career path and we did not have the money to send me to college to do something like that. You are the second person in the space of five interviews who wanted to be an animator at Disney or Pixar. This is an interesting trend. That is an interesting trend. I, I do see, though, that there's so many creative people in marketing, right? I feel like so many of us wanted to do the artistic path, and then people told us we can't make money with it. So we're like, okay, I'm going to go learn how to make money. <laughs> I'm going to do something that's creative, but more business adjacent. If you were to win an Academy Award or any other major award, what category would that be in? That would be probably animation. I love it so much. I love Pixar. And I also have always loved anime. I love it for the art. I love it for the storytelling. And I recently got back into watching Studio Ghibli movies. The very first movie I saw in the cinema was Spirited Away uh, by Hayao Miyazaki from Studio Ghibli. And Howl's Moving Castle is my other favorite one. Howl's Moving Castle is also based on a book. And it was the very first book I ever read in English because I didn't know English that well until I was in middle school. And I was so excited that I actually managed to understand that book. And then I saw that there was a movie and it was by like the studio that I already loved. And I watched the movie and I just fell in 
in love. I had a picture of Hal, like the main character, because I had a crush on him on in, on my locker for like three years. And again, people made fun of me for that, but I was like, I don't care. He's beautiful. I love him. No, <laughs> you do you. Yeah. And so this has been an obsession for a while as well. My favorite character other than Hal is Calcifer, this little fire demon. And I always thought this is such a cute character. So memorable. He probably has a lot of merch. And so I would constantly look for merch of this character since I was in sixth grade. I went to the Studio Ghibli Museum in Tokyo and they have a ton of merch there. Not a single thing of Calcifer. So we watched the movie again recently because my baby sister, she's eight. I started getting her into Studio Ghibli movies and we go into Barnes and Noble with her the next day after watching that movie. And there is a Studio Ghibli display. It's like, oh, let's look at what they have. Probably a bunch of Totoro stuff again. And then I see Calcifer merch. That's beautiful. I, I had to get this immediately. <laughs> And it's a pan, a spatula, because they cook with the character. He's a fire, so they make bacon and eggs on him. He's so cute. He looks grumpier in the movie. He looks kind of cuter in here. He's grumpy, but he's a lovable grump in the movie, you know? I assume most people that buy these pans probably don't cook with them because they think it's a collector's item. But we all decided we have to make breakfast of bacon and eggs, so Calcifer is a little bit scuffed now. We're using him as the character is intended to be. It's fulfilling its destiny. It is. I've literally stare at this and it makes my day better. Like it's hanging in the kitchen in a really prominent spot and I just walk by it and go, finally have calcifer. Based on the color of this, maybe I know the answer to the question, but let's see. What color do you want the thumbnail for this episode to be and why this choice? Let's do red because red has become kind of my color. It's the color for my company. There's a story behind that, actually, because the name of my company is Kalina Marketing. And Kalina is the Ukrainian word for one of our kind of national plants. It's called Gilder Rose in English. It's basically a shrub with red berries on it, bright red berries. And it has a ton of symbolic meaning for Ukrainians. We have songs about it, poems, anything. I did a little art exhibition with a friend senior year of college where a lot of my art was Ukrainian themed and I had Kalina's on like half of it. So I've always been drawing it. I've always loved it as a symbol. I would reference it in poems I wrote. So when I was picking the name for my company, I was like, I want it to be something unique because uh, trademarks and such. And I also wanted to have the word marketing so it's clear. And I want it to be easy to spell, but I also want to ideally have it mean something to me. So I started looking for like Ukrainian words and such because also the war had started at that point when I was renaming it and incorporating us in LLC. And then this just came up and it's like, oh, this is perfect. So red is kind of the company color for me. And it started to mean a lot. And Calcifer is also red. So, Maria, we know you as a content person, but what makes you a content one? It's my cat. His name is Danny. Hi, Danny. He was my quarantine pet. I was all alone in an apartment working in a tech company. My boyfriend, now husband, was on another side of the planet. Most of my friends had moved away and everything was locked down. And I needed something with me in the house that was alive. And I always wanted a cat. So he came with me from Abu Dhabi. He moved to America with me. And then we've been all over America too. I can't take him everywhere. And I love him. I can't live without him. And he's the best. Look at those eyes. So cute. Yeah, and he's kind of gigantic, more than 10 pounds. So we don't really know what he is because he was a stray. But the vets say that based on his characteristics, he seems to be part Persian, hence the flat nose, and part Maine Coon, hence the giant cat and also the fur pattern and big paws. He's very offended that I woke him up. He was napping. Thanks for being on the podcast, Danny. I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate that. Right, right. Danny, thank you for your sacrifice. Thanks for listening to Content Folks. Today's episode was brought to you by Borshut Clubs, Calcifer Merch, and Danny the Cat. Thanks to Maria for coming over, 
and to Leila for producing and editing the episode. Until next time. <laughs>